Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host Mark and with your permission we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. In today's episode I had the pleasure of sitting down with Arnie who hails all the way from Chile. Now, picture this. It's nearly a decade ago and Arnie is presented with a once in a lifetime chance. He takes a leap of faith and joins the mesmerizing world of Cirque du Soleil in Mexico, following his deepest passions. Our conversation today dives deep into the rich tapestry of Arnie's life, starting with his Chilean roots and the profound influence of the Mapuche culture. We unravel his journey with Cirque du Soleil, exploring the highs and lows of touring the globe with this legendary performance troupe. And then there's the unexpected twist in his story, how all these experiences, the travel, the shows, and the people he met along the way eventually led him to put down roots in an entirely new place, Dublin. As always, very grateful to you for taking the time to tune in. Please feel free to get in touch with myself to tell me more about who you are and where you're listening from. And thanks again to all those incredibly kind people who have rated, reviewed, commented, or shared this podcast. It really does mean the world to me. But now, here's my conversation with Arnie. Because I know in Spanish you have that, or Spanish culture anyway, in Spain. I'm not sure about in South America. Mm-hmm. You have this thing like sobre mesa. Uh-huh, yes. With that... I, that idea doesn't exist mm-hmm. in English, so people might do it, but there's no word for it. Yeah. So the idea of after dinner, just sitting there and talking. Uh, I always struggled with it because I always felt like you should be doing the washing up and you should be clearing things. But, you know, when I was doing it with certain families, people just leave everything there mm-hmm. and, and like talk for hours, mm-hmm. uh, which is a nice thing. I don't know if that's something that, from your culture, that you would do something like that. Oh, yes. 100%. Yeah. Actually, for example, in my family, like we finish lunch around two, and we can stay on, on the table until six. So wow. we take everything, we wash the stuff, and we, uh, we start to make like a, we call once. Okay. It's like a tea time. Okay. And we drink tea with uh, bread, uh, biscuits on the table. So, and we're still talking and we're still in the table. But this is after eating food? After eating food. So the lunch, yeah. we have out the uh, sobremesa yeah. for like a f- 
four, three hours. And yeah. After we have another meal, that yeah. is the once. Yeah. And for like again one hour and other sobre mesa, and after that is it's done around nine, and the people leave if the family is visiting at, in, at home, for example. Yeah, usually they they leave around nine. What what type of tea are you drinking? Um, like here, not uh, black tea. Um, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not nothing kind of uniquely like Chilean or nothing that's so you know the way like in Argentina or, or another Uruguay they have a the mate, mate uh-huh. and they go crazy for the mate. Uh, is does this exist in Chile as well? Yeah, we drink mate as well, but it's it's different. Usually the mate, uh, the people from the south of Chile, like um. Probably from Araucanía is called this region. Mm-hmm. From there, they start to drink mate. That is a Mapuche. Um, uh, it's a, from the Mapuche, so from the native from there. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the name of them? Mapuches. Mapuches. Yes. And that they're like the the native Chilean. Chilean, yeah, the Chilean name. Okay. Yeah. Mapuche. Mapuches. Okay. I, I am Mapuche. My family, my dad is from Temuco. Okay. So he, my grandma is Mapuche. Okay. And so my I am Mapuche as well. All right. I, I have like a very small <laughs> if DNA from other places, but I am 88% Mapuche. Mapuche. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, okay, so can you explain to me a little, because this is new for me completely. <laughs> can you explain to me a little bit about, like, I don't know, the history or the, like anything about Mapuche? I don't know. So the Incas, the, the Incas in Peru was concentrated in Peru and the south and the north of Chile. Okay. Okay. So actually, the Inca Inca way or highway, if I translate the, the name, mm-hmm. uh, is was finished in Santiago. Okay. And from Santiago to to the south of Chile, uh-huh. it was the Mapuches. Okay. Okay. When the Spanish arrived to to America, they found the Mapuches there. Okay. But the big, big uh, concentration of the Mapuche was in the Araucanía. That is like a three region after of Santiago, maybe around, I don't know, 800 kilometers from Santiago. South. South. Of Santiago. South okay. Of Santiago. All right. Yeah. So this community or this, uh, this, uh, this culture, like a they, the Spanish was very hard for them to uh, control, like uh, colonize. Okay. Like uh, they have a word for word for three hundred years. Wow. And they actually they are stealing word, but now with the Chilean governments. Okay. For to say something. Yeah. Because uh, for them the 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 land is something uh, spiritual, you know, have a religion a religion a concept for them. So how now Chile is have so many um, miners and they make so many projects with the um, other countries about electricity, about lithium, about uh, yeah. copper and all this kind of stuff. So they still having this kind of problem because they are using this land that for her, for them is... Uh, using or abusing, really. Abusing, they are abusing the, this land and, and that they, they are not happy with that. You know? So the idea of... Um, the spiritual connection with the land. Can you explain that to me? Like you said, religion. But is it a religion? Well, it's not a religion because it's actually it's not like like a religion, but it's kind of a they how the ancestor used to understand that the land was the the 
the thing that they make the food, you know, I don't know how to explain exactly this. Yeah. But um, so for them, the land is very important, you know, because from there, the agriculture grew up, you know, yeah. and so all the food for them is for, was from the, from the land. Yeah. You know, so that's why for them it's for so, so important as well when they feel when somebody dead, they have the, they return to the land, to the land because what from there, you know, yeah. like the human is coming from there. Yeah. That is something that. If I can, I can try to explain that a little bit about. Well, yeah, I, I know for like something like this. Uh, so every now and then when I try and speak in Spanish and I have to explain something like this in Spanish, it's impossible. So thank you so much and congratulations <laughs> for trying to explain something really complicated in Spanish. But um, it's interesting because we, this whole idea of people think sustainability and stuff is a new thing, but actually it's probably the oldest you know it's been around for so long and what you're talking about really is sustainability mm -hmm. you know, sustainability of the land you know not overusing it returning to the land eventually like keeping it healthy mm -hmm. I'm sure there was farming practices that you know because I just watched a documentary recently on natural ways of farming and you know how you can use like one type of tree and another type of animal with another type of I don't know what and all ecosystem works together mm -hmm. but it has to be together like one of those like what we have is monocultures these days which would be like I don't know a million apple trees you know but that's not natural and it's not good for the land because it's just one thing in the land um, anyway, I'm talking about that. I don't know why. But and also that they don't give time to the to the land recover after uh, I don't know plant yeah. thousand of tree of uh, apple tree, and they take off everything and they have to give some time to the land to recover to to uh, make again you know the process of uh, you know they grab the, the the new tree or the plant or the vegetable that we're going to eat after you know so. Mm. Um, so that is something that for the Mapuche culture is very important. Yeah. You know, actually they celebrate the new year in the middle of the winter. Okay. Because, uh, it's and then, can I just ask, the middle of the winter for you is, is June? June? Yeah. June, June, yeah. Okay. June, June, July. It's around there. Okay. Because uh, for them, it's, uh, this solstice this this is when it's in the middle of the rain, when the land is like uh, taking all the water. Mm. You know, because the spring starts to grow up, everything, you know, is going. So that is how they look the, the year, you know? It's really interesting, isn't it? Because I remember talking to my auntie about this. My auntie grew up in like uh, in County Mayo, or grew up and lived most of her life in, uh -huh. in County Mayo, um, in the west of Ireland, in an agricultural um, setting as well, on a farm. Um, she worked as a nurse, but she lived on the farm for her whole life. And uh, I was talking to her about, you know, winter once and like, oh, it's such a pain that it gets dark. And and she said, she explained it to me in a different way. She's like, oh, winter is a wonderful time and an opportunity to rest. Mm -hmm. And like, she says it represents the circle of life. You know, everything dies and then everything comes back again. Mm -hmm. But she had a totally different perspective, which was more connected to nature. Mm -hmm. Whereas I have a perspective of, you know things to do like mm -hmm. Christmas often is the busiest time for a lot of in like industries it's it kind of gets in the way mm -hmm. it's an inconvenient thing does that make sense I, like it's not useful to me mm -hmm. whereas in like you're saying with Mapuche culture like there's a different perspective on it mm -hmm. which I think is nice and important to have mm -hmm. uh, this might be a difficult question for you because I don't know how I would answer it 
in terms of Ireland, but considering I know next to nothing about the Mapuche culture, is there, you know, maybe three things or, or some things that would like you could really identify or are, are the strongest points in the Mapuche culture? Like maybe in Ireland, you might think of like music or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, probably, yeah, the music. They have their own, their own music, their own instruments. Uh, usually, many of the, these instruments are, are percussion. Yeah. Um, uh, they have their own as well jewelry mm -hmm. for ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And they have, um, well, one very important member of the, of the group is, was the Machi. It's called Machi, it's like, um, how to say, um, a priest, something yeah. like this. So, you know, uh, in, so she, she used to uh, celebrate all the, all this kind of uh, event, but as well the Machi was available to uh, recover people from illness. Okay. Because she had the knowledge about all the years, all the, mm. the all the plans for uh, I don't know if you are sick from the stomach or your mm -hmm. head or any pain that you have. They know all the years to use to recover to the people. Mm -hmm. you know? So that's a very important. Was a woman. This is okay. this this, uh, this uh, how you say this role yeah. for a woman. And actually, uh, I understand that the woman in the in before in this uh, in the between Maputis was the most important person. Really? You know? Yeah, yeah, how interesting. Because men used to go for uh, you know uh, hunt or maybe uh, go and try to get more uh, places. <laughs> you know. Yeah, workers. Workers. Yeah, yeah, out of the but the person who was there all the time was the woman so it was a very important yeah uh, we say i don't know if it's english a servotista we can understand <laughs> you yeah. know? Mm, i'm not sure what that would be no mm, yeah it's, we say like a sacerdote in spanish as well like it's the priest okay you know, something like this what is the like obviously in in our culture here i mean you'd have the catholic church there as well yeah mm -hmm. uh, but maybe you guys because you're you've got a mapuche culture might have existed more and lasted longer than the pagans or pilgrims that were sorry pagans that were here in ireland before catholicism arrived like paganism pretty much doesn't exist anymore it might be regenerating to a certain extent but i'm wondering what your or in that culture your idea of death is you know so we have the whole like oh you die and you go to heaven mm -hmm. that kind of stuff is there anything different or like, cause there seems to be, when you're speaking of like, I'm imagining kind of a bit more of a spiritual. Mm -hmm. They actually, uh, something that is, I'm not 100% sure, but I never hear uh, from my family or from other people about if they celebrate like uh, here and like in many countries, a specific day, you know, of the, the people. Yeah. Like, uh, it's something uh, that we don't have this, uh, culture that is something the Catholicism Catholicism uh -huh. uh, left to us. Yeah. It's the, the, that is the third of November actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but for the rest, I never I never hear about nothing about but something that is we do very important that we used to celebrate birthdays of the dead people. We used to celebrate the day that when they die. 
the first year that when they die, when they die, uh, we celebrate every month the same day. So, for example, if somebody that um, 10 of March, uh, 10 of April is other celebration. Like a, you know, it's but I don't know, it's something that is from my family or okay. all the rest of people do it. You know, I'm yeah. 100% sure. But as well, that is something that is going slowly. Like at the first year is every month, and the next year maybe a wow. couple of times. And after it's only the birthday, and like, like this. Okay, know? yeah. And we used to like go there and leave flowers, you know, and mm. these kind of things. Yeah, the, re- some, like, the reason that I'm asking is because from the little bit of traveling that I've done, um, I can see that obviously in different cultures there's different relationships to death mm-hmm. um, and some other cultures I've, I I think in Ireland we're quite open about death and mm-hmm. we talk about it and you know there's funerals and maybe it's changing but you know, we'll have like an open casket where you can see the dead body and you go and if you want to like mm-hmm. say goodbye or whatever um, whereas I think in other cultures it's like you die in the hospital and then that's almost it like you, then you're obviously cremated or whatever and there you have this cemetery with a little mm-hmm. place that where it would represent where the the ashes of the body are and things like that but i feel like the kind of the reality of death is kind of hidden a little bit or not spoken about and even maybe when you bring it up people change the topic okay a little mm-hmm. quite quickly mm-hmm. i don't know if in perhaps in in your culture it's a bit I'm just interested to know what it's like. No, for example, I am. For us, somebody, somebody that in the hospital, we used to like have about two days uh, praying next to the yeah. person, you know. Um, maybe the second day in the afternoon or in the evening is uh, the day when we go to the cemetery with, with the body. Okay. You know, we don't. That is something something new, the, the cremation for us. Okay. We know you, we, we, for example, my mom that like a 13 years ago. Okay. And uh, like a three or four years ago, uh, they opened the, the place only for reduce the space, you know, but okay. still the, the bone there, you know. Okay, yeah. But it's, that is something that the rest of my family, we, we do the same. Mm-hmm all the time you know so I don't know it's something that maybe is culture because it, how you say it, the cremation for us is not common you know? yeah yeah well, it's something new I, that is, I know that it's new yeah not, not, not from before yeah personally I would like to be buried my, like my body to just yeah maybe in the future as you say there'd be no space for that but <laughs> <laughs> well my dad don't, he donated his body to the science okay so he went to our university and he he went to the civil register and mm. he left like a sign that wow. my body is for for wow. the okay and he said to us like oh, my body is for the science, so you don't have to do nothing <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah it's a funny thing like when you when you see someone who has passed away and you see the body there and it's like, well, that, that, for whatever reason, you look at that person, you're like, they're gone. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever had that experience before as well, but like when you're looking at a body that's not, this is probably, sorry for people who are listening, it's quite a dark topic, I know, but um, it's just, for me, it's interesting that you just, so when, when you say he's donated his body to science, I see that as like fine, as normal, as like it's just a body, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, when we're when we're alive, we take such we're so concerned about our bodies all the time, and which is a good way to be as well. Anyway, um, tell me a bit more about 
So when did you leave Chile? Oh, oh I left Chile in 2014. 2014, so almost yeah, 10 years almost ago. Almost 10 years, yeah. Uh, my first destination was Mexico. Mm-hmm. I never think about Mexico, but was a surprise for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the year before of that, I was working uh, in a agency that I am fashion designer, and I was working in this agency as fashion designer um, and costume designer. Mm. Because they have like um, it's advertising agency and events, mm. so they organize events and they uh, make like a BTL uh, events, like a below the lines calling in advertising, like a more straightaway advertising, like a, the people who give you I don't know uh, try food or train okay. marketing as well is calling some people. Okay. So I was working in this place and this agency organized a circus show mm-hmm. and they contract uh, to us uh, as artistic director uh, people from Cirque du Soleil okay. um, and between the, this team that was working here uh, was one person designing the scenography and all the lights and all the like uh, the atmosphere of the show was one person uh, designing all the artistic stuff so uh, which kind of art is going to be on the stage, you know, I'm on this. I was other person organizing the, all the, all these kind of things more artistic that to make real, you know, like okay. producing, yeah. you know? And in this team was missing one person who designed the costume mm-hmm. and the, how the office, where, 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 how the agency that I used to work, uh, they say to me like that we don't have any person to design the costume, so you're going to participate with wow. them to design the costume cool. for the show. For me, was very excited. I was 26, mm-hmm. actually, at that time. And I was, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, I take the challenge because at that time also, I, I never speak English, nothing, any word. Okay. And I was working with people from Montreal that they yeah. speak French and uh, English as a second language, so was very fun to work with them because yeah. one of uh, one of the person Patricia Owen, that who is uh, the create the artistic director of, of Lucia, one of the most famous show right now in Cirque du Soleil that okay. I work with her. She uh, her husband is from Mexico. She know so she speaks a little Spanish. So that's why how we communicate within us. Yeah. And we make an amazing job together. Yeah. Like a very good job. And I really enjoyed because I was, uh, I was feeling that I was playing in the high, you know, um, in the high... Um, level. Huh? The highest level. The high level, yeah. With people that know so much and they can uh, advise so much. And I, I have very nice time with them. Working yeah. With this project. Yeah. 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 What was it like? What was it like working on... Okay, not just with her, but in the team and the atmosphere in general, because that Cirque du Soleil from, I've actually, for some reason, it's, I think I've heard, I thought I told you before we spoke, I've listened to other podcasts about it and how it was started and how it was created and mm-hmm. created by this guy who, you know, was traveling around and he was into street performances. And then he said, why can't we just come together as a group of people and do, you know, one street performance? But as a show mm-hmm. uh, and that's like a terrible explanation as to how it started but from listening to him speak it seemed that 
it was very like fun and nice working together that's the impression that I got anyway uh, it could be very different of course I don't know but well that is because I think when I when I but as every every job somebody know that we're in the show business that is a very stressful job because every all the time all the time everything going very late so <laughs> uh, you know many things happen around that sometimes it's not in your hands so uh, it's very it's a very stress job yeah but it's very like a I don't know for me it's exciting to to have this kind of stress because uh, the best thing is when you see the final product so the final results on the stage and you can see that you make some magic yeah. you see the faces of the people who's watching the show yeah more the kids when they are happy and they are smiling and they're yeah this is something that yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Man. That is really, really nice. Yeah. So the environment to work, yeah, is as stressful, but all the time you have time for uh, have a laugh, have a joke, go for a coffee, I don't know, drink a beer. Yeah. Uh, I never work with Cirque uh, on tour, but I have the I have the chance that go there for uh, visiting like a three days in a tour show. And they have a really nice uh, family there. And mm. something that when I was working with them as well, they have a really nice family, Hoya family we call. Yeah. Um, because all the people is from far away. Yeah. So you have, you make your own family in, 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 wow. in the show, you know? Yeah, very cool. Uh, so it's, it's, it's fun. We yeah. have a lot of fun. Oh. So, what? Your feeling is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, what, what, is there anything that you, you feel like an experience looking back on it now? Is there something that you feel you learned in that time? Whether it be how to interact with other cultures, whether it be something professional. I, I don't know what, how to deal with stress. I don't know. What, what was it that you learned, do you think? I think definitely I learned, I learned to believe in myself. Mm. Uh, because when I decide, when I, well, when I decided to take the job with Sir after the, this this show that we did in Chile, uh, I went there like a, I feel maybe naked, you know, like mm. a, my English no was good mm. uh, at that time, um, my writing as well no was good, and I was in a in a place where all the people was speaking English all the time, and and something that I learned then that I have to believe in myself. Mm. Because after to start to feel more confident and more confident, my brain and start to open and start to understand the people and start to speak as well. Mm. And, and I start to realize that when the people wanna, wanna have a conversation with you or wanna are interested in you, the people can understand to you as well. Yeah. So you know it's something that I learned about believing that, you know? Did you have like any system to sometimes it's easy to say like I, I'm going to be confident or I'm going to believe in myself was it just a decision that you made or did you something that you did I no I, I, I didn't nothing I think I have a really the first three months was terrible yeah I I remember one day called my dad and say I'm going to give up yeah I can't be here I know support more this you know I know support that I, the people not can understand me that everything that I say because actually I was living in Mexico 
but the Chilean accent with the Mexican accent and difference so many times, I changed my, and now my Spanish is not so Chilean Spanish. Wow. Because I changed how to speak because the Mexican speak different. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Spanish anyway. Yeah, but it's but a different accent, to, of course. You have to adapt because for, for them, some words that for me are normal, for them yeah. are good. Yeah, okay, you all right, all right. So it was very complicated because finally it was with a Spanish speaker and I have also <laughs> problem with the communication, you know, so it yeah. was very crazy. So the first three months was very hard. Yeah. And I remember the day when, when I started to feel, somebody said to me like, uh, look, one day everything going to be in the position that's going to be good for you. And you're going to feel that this day uh, you can talk whatever that you want to say. And this day, I remember that day, that day arrived when, when the person said to me that uh, you are very talented, you are a very good guy, you, are, you work very hard. Mm -hmm. I know that nobody say to you, but I come here and I say to you, and I'm confident that you have the power to improve and to be better wow. in the time. Wow. So, was that person such a friend or your boss or? Was my, well, was my boss, the director of the show, wow. the director who I met in Chile, who bring to me to this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the beginning for me, it was very hard to adapt, how I said before. And I went in a position uh, in the show as a, as a head of wardrobe, as a head of department of the costume department. And I, I couldn't do it that time. I was too young for that position, oh. for awarding the Cirque du show, you know, uh, with that this position that was for me at that time. I was immature at that moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and I realized that, I, okay, yeah, maybe I have to give us step back mm -hmm. and start to learn how the show business, international show business work. Yeah, quite cool. Yeah, amazing experience. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I'm very happy. All the many, many people there, like uh, the technical director say to me one day, I never met somebody like you, but how you can decide to say, okay, you're not going to be anymore the boss. So you're going to move to the back and somebody's coming in your position you can stay or you can leave and you decide to do you decide to stay yeah yes because i want to learn i want to continue this yeah. business yeah and i want to continue doing this mm. yeah it's a big moment it comes i guess in a lot of people's life where you know they might be a moving country like you did or it might not even just be moving to ireland for a lot of people is difficult and some people might decide that it's after a few months that they just can't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. I've had the experience before of, of learning another language in another country. I found it also extremely difficult. Um, way more difficult than I thought it was gonna be. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's, it's something that I often think, I often talk to a lot of I, uh, friends or, or people that I know from Ireland who haven't done something like that. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to communicate to them how hard it is. Um, to move to a place as an adult being a kid has, its, has different challenges but as an adult uh, when you're you know, expected to be good at most things that you do like in your profession you're good but then you're so bad at the basic thing which is communication mm -hmm. it's such a hard process because you have to put everything on hold 
for me, you, you said a few months, but for me it was like two years mm-hmm. before I could like properly feel confident mm-hmm. and start being myself. And then you can go, oh, okay, now I can maybe restart my professional life again or whatever it might be. So it's a huge challenge. How did you end up going from Cirque du Soleil in Mexico to, or coming to Dublin? How did that happen? Well, <laughs> so I spent in Mexico four years, around four years. Um, the last year I was struggling like um, a little bit with the salary, you know, and was like a feeling as when that my job there was ready. So mm. I really learned um. the thing that I want to learn, you know. Yeah. And I told with my... Uh, now he's one of my best friends. She's my sister from another mother. <laughs> At that time, was my, also my boss. Yeah. The head of the department, of the custom department. And I told with her and I said, look, I'm, I'm feeling that I need to give all the next step. And I know that you're not going to move from here. Yeah. So probably it's my time to move. Okay. You know? And she said to me, I'm very sad yeah. because you are my, my support here. I was her assistant. Uh, but they're going to help you. You're go, we're going to find something for you, something new for you. Mm-hmm. And we just start to apply to Joe. Uh, and she said to me, eh, you have all the knowledge. I know that you feel that some things you don't have it. The English all the time was my, my, my big, uh, how to say, uh, insecure things, um. you know. Um, and she said to me, uh, let go, let, we're going to do it. No worries. Mm-hmm. And I applied to a job uh, for Silk as well. It was a Silk, a silk show uh, on board of a cruise ships. Okay. So Silk du Soleil uh, was, uh, that, sorry, at that time was a partnership with the MSC, that is a cruise line uh, okay. from internet. So they made this partnership and Cirque du Soleil was a making show on the cooks, on board of the cooks. Okay. So I applied for the position of head of a costume department for this show on the cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I get the job. I'm ha- very happy. They actually, I have the opportunity to go to Montreal for uh, training for three weeks in the headquarters of Cirque du Soleil. Amazing place, really. Yes. It's a paradise for the people who make costume, makeup, uh, effects, and lights, and everything. It's wow. an amazing place. It's huge. Yeah. Um, so I stayed there for a two or three weeks, and I traveled to my first time to Europe, mm-hmm. uh, to Italy, and embarked the cruise there. Uh-huh. And with this cruise, we was doing the Mediterranean the first month, but during the summer, they moved to the north, of Europe. Okay. So we went, uh, the base was in Germany, in, in the base, like at the port base in, oh, I forget the name of this place. Hamburg. Hamburg, yeah. Hamburg. Was there the base of the cruise. And from there, we used to do like a, a Scotland and Ireland. Uh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> That's a bit of a weird cruise. <laughs> yeah, but it was the summer, so it was a nice weather. Okay. Not so much rain at that time. So yeah. my first time down in Ireland was on the cruise. No way, okay. So uh, I stopped in the cruise in Cove. In Cove, yeah. Near to Cork. Yeah. Uh, and I went out and said, oh, that is so nice, you know, like a, 
uh, very beautiful and small houses. I remember to go to the shark on the top of the hill, you know, yeah. like the cruise from there. Yeah. Like a really nice. And actually was uh, for a long time, nobody go there and they made like a kind of festival in the port. So it was like a really environment. It was Saturday, I think. So the people was like really happy and many children playing. It was really nice. Okay. And the next stop, the next day was in Dublin. Uh-huh. So how I like this place, they say, okay, I'm going to go out early because how you are working, you you have sometimes a specific time in the days to go out because you have to be on call um, a specific time. Yeah. So you have to be on board in a specific time on the cruise. Yeah. So I wake up early like at 8 a.m. and I come to Dublin uh, from the uh, Dublin port. Yeah. Uh, we stop in Marine Square, the boat left to us yeah. there. And I start to work. When I start to work, work, work. Say, I like it. Okay. <laughs> I, like the, I, li- I, I don't know, I like the, and I, I still like it a lot, the architecture here. Oh, really? Well, I, not I that really, many people say that. But, yeah. <laughs> I really like it. Uh, I really like it that uh, places that have, for me, identity. Mm. Because for me, it's not common to see this, you know? It's not common to see this kind of architecture. Mm, okay. But also, for me, it's something special. Yeah. So that's called my attention. And after that, walking, walking, and be close to Trinity College, yep. coming from, um, I do not remember the name of the street. It's not Pierce Street, it's the other one. That um, it might be Nassau Street. Nassau Street. Yeah. And I remember that I was arriving to Trinity College, and I started to see people, because before of that, there was so many people. Yep. So I started to see the people, because I was a Grafton Street and all this, the street that more busy, so I start to see more people. I say, "Wow, I like the people as well." Yeah, you yeah. Know? How yeah. was like a tall game because I was before in Inverness and other places around Scotland, and it was very different mood, you know. So mm, yeah, uh, and I like it, you know. I like this kind of thing. I start to see that the bar was open already, and I start to, you know. And one friend said to me, "Hey, you are are you, are you interested in this?" Yes, I am interested. We are in Temple Bar. Come here. I went at Temple Bar at 10 a.m. and bus with people that say, yeah. I like this, you know? The, the, the buzz of the city, the yeah. life in the city. And, yeah. the, and, the, and the vibes, you know, mm. the vibes, the music that we arrived as was, uh, we went to the typical Temple Bar. My first time, the first bar I went was this one. You know? Okay. It's typical, yeah. very tourist, you know? No, no judgment, no judgment. <laughs> <Very tourist. laughs> yeah. um, but after a while, I understand that there was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we went there and and I remember that when we back to the to the cruise because I have to back at one p.m. because okay. I have to start to go at two. I was feeling like a very oh, sad. I want to stay longer, you know. I want to stay more time okay. outside and go and visit more places. And the next bis- the next stop in Dublin going to be like in one month more. Okay. So I came again the next the next month I came again I went out I tried to walk more around and visit more places I went to St Patrick you know yes and I was very happy and I started to organize a holidays and decided to back to Dublin like for longer okay and I, when I was here I I, I say for for more, like a five days say oh I think I'm really glad to be here yeah. Because at that time my contract finished with the cruise, yeah, and I have a like a window, a break for six months for the next one, for the next contract. Because uh, it was a seasonal thing, yeah. Uh-huh. So my season was like over. 
Yeah. So I have to wait like uh, uh, six months, one six months or five months was, I know was, I know was, I'm not really sure how long because finally um, nothing happened after that, you know, yeah. uh, but this is different story. Uh, so I say, okay, I have this break. I'm going to see if I can stay here. And some people say to me that uh, you can study English mm-hmm. and you can stay and have a student for eight months. Mm-hmm. So I say, wow, that's perfect because I can come here. I can improve my English. That is something that I, all the time I am uh, trying to work on them. Yeah. So I say, I can't hear, I can improve my English. And, and yeah, I live the experience of live here. I like it a lot, you know, so why not? And when I was here for two months, the COVID hit. Oh no, yeah. You know? And I say, okay, I'm going to stay here. But I didn't realize at that time that all the, the my job where I used to work in the show business was shut down. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. yeah. Nobody had any idea what like. You know, yeah. so for me it was very, very hard to, to, to get a job, to move from Ireland and to other places because at that time I used all my save, you know. Yes. And I used... But at the same time, I start to live here and I start to love more and feel more comfortable living here. Okay. So just so I have an idea of timelines then, it's um, you left Chile uh, 10 years ago. You were Mm -hmm. four years in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And then from Mexico, you started with the cruise ships. For two years. For two years. Uh uh, And then then this is, we're talking pre-COVID time. So Mm -hmm. this three months after you decided to to move to Dublin, mm-hmm. COVID hit, and obviously that was terrible and nobody had a good time, mm-hmm. but you're still here. Yes. Okay, so can I ask the question of, you know, so because I find it interesting sometimes, it's really nice to hear that you, you liked Dublin and you got a good feeling about it, but, you know, I also talk to many people who really don't like Dublin, really don't like it, mm-hmm. um, from working with certain people over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So what is it that made you stick around? Why, why did you stay? Like, let's not, I guess, let's take talk post-pandemic because mm-hmm. nobody really went anywhere in the pandemic. Maybe some people went back to their own, own countries, but most people still stuck around. Um, so why do you continue to live here? Look, it's something, something I like, really like about, I love this, that I feel safe. Okay. You know? Um, when I was in Chile, uh, Chile is a safe country anyway, because I know that we have, we are famous, South America, that is dangerous. Yeah. People say that it's dangerous, but actually Chile is one of the not dangerous country. You have dangerous places. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, he as well. Yeah. You know, uh, but I don't know, uh, the feeling that I have there about, because, um, I am gay. Mm. It's not the same that I am how I feel in here. Okay. You know? Uh, or when I was in Mexico, I have a very bad experience. That's why as, as we mm. decide to leave Mexico, mm. uh, about the narcos and everything, you know? Yeah. So, um, when I moved here and I was, I, when I left Mexico, I was in a cruise, like in a very safety environment. Yeah. You know, when I went after the cruise, I went to Chile and I was working in the street. I was feeling this kind of thing that is not comfortable for me. Mm. And it's something that living here in Dublin, I know that the people 
think that maybe it's not the best or insecure, but for me it's very secure. Mm. Good. You know, and I feel secure because as well, uh, nobody going to attack to me because I am gay. Mm. You know? Yeah. Uh, these kind of things. Mm. And other thing that I like it about Dublin exactly is that it's a small city. Mm. I am from Santiago and take to me, I don't know, one hour to get the city center and stay for hours on the traffic, like yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, I'm living here, so I walk everywhere. Uh, mm. You have many people from different countries as well. Yeah. So you have, I don't know, food from different countries, and I really yeah. like to eat food. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, me too. I really enjoy uh, these kind of things, you yeah. know. And I think... The, but the most important is the is myself, you know. Yeah, of course. Myself, I mean, yeah. it's it's the, it's the most basic of human needs, mm-hmm. um, and I'm very happy that you you experienced that here. Uh, thankfully, uh, we seem to modernized our culture in that way, and obviously, it wasn't always that way. Not that I was alive really in those times, but you know, obviously. Um, having spoken to you know particularly older gay people who might say well, when I was younger like it was it was hard and but thank, thankfully it's changed a lot in the last 10, 15, 20 years mm-hmm. however long it's been so I'm very happy to hear that because it, it's it's just nice for it's a human right people should just feel normal and mm-hmm. okay and that's no no different to anywhere else but um, I find it hard to hear sometimes when like just because of your your sexuality or your your skin color or whatever it mm. can lead to you being unsafe in a certain place it's mm. it's a really it's a pretty fucked up thing about about the world in general but thankfully there are places where you know people can be just live themselves and that's that's good yeah and do you think you'll stay here for much longer i really like i really like i when I finish, uh, because you can uh, study English for two years, mm-hmm. okay? So when I finish my 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 last uh, renewal of visa, I'm not sure what about what I want to do. You know, I was like a, between, I want to really stay here, but I don't know why I, what I can to do, you know? Why, what, what is the next, yeah. you know? It's, pos- it's possible to study in a degree or a master uh, and like going in this way. But at that time, I was sure exactly what, you know. So I, 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 when I finished these two years, I left Ireland like for one, supposedly one month. And when I was back to, uh, to Chile, because I was there to travel to Chile and visit my family, I start to realize uh, that I really not share, mm. you know? Mm. So I start to say, okay, so the possibility is studying something, okay. you know? And decide at that time, at that time, you say, okay, I'm going to study something for a stay longer. So I decide to do a master mm-hmm. and I did a master last year. Okay. Uh, and then this master gave me the opportunity that now I finish and, and I already graduate. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> what was the master's in? A master in entrepreneurship. Oh, cool. Uh, entrepreneurship. That is something that I try to mix between my, my career as fashion designer and 
maybe maybe more and around the business area yeah because to be honest i'm very creative i'm not this kind of people who have a business mind yeah now i learn now i know many stuff and i really feel that i have the tools to start something for myself grace you know uh so that is the idea now i have two years of visa with with that can stay here and try to maybe uh get a job with a sponsorship that they can help me with my permanent resident amazing um but that is something that we i really like to do yeah i really like that my family come here to visit me i show them Mm -hmm. the place that I am living now. Yeah. They went to visit in Mexico and they have a really nice time. They went to the cruise and they have a really nice time. And now I really want that my family comes here and visit. I'm sure that they're going to love because they love the green. Okay, yeah. And I love the green as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure that they're going to do a lot. Do you have a favorite part of, I mean, obviously you live in Dublin, but have you, have you visited much of the rest of Ireland? I mean, apart from Cork? Yeah, I have been in... in in my job, in as, uh, as well, and Westport. Westport, beautiful. Uh, Westport. I used to live in Tolo last summer for two months. Okay, where? In Tolo. Tolo? Tolo. Okay. Like a 30 minutes from yeah, yeah. Carlo. Yeah, mm, okay. <laughs> it's like a very small no town. No comment, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If you tell me Tolo was beautiful, I'm not going to believe you. I'm just going to say everything else was a lie. No, no, but uh, what happened around, yeah, Tolo is uh, it's a small town, but to me it's very like a, amazing to the green, you know, that I said before. So yeah, I think yeah. like, move far away from there like a one kilometers and you are in different place yeah. that is something i love about dublin like a 20 minute walk i am in the phoenix park and i'm in different world yeah that's true you know yeah. it's, i disconnect completely from the city yeah you know i am in different places it's something that for me is magic <laughs> yeah it's one of my favorite things about dublin as well uh -huh. yeah you know for me santiago we don't have these kind of things mm. you know i live i live my house in santiago is in the mountains so i yeah. am from the andes Okay. Like, uh, in the hills, like yeah. I live there. That is my my house where my my dad is living now, and we don't have any park close. Mm. It's, it's the it's the hills there. Yeah. But it's no nothing like like Phoenix Park, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you can mix with the I don't know with with the nature with the animals and you I don't know. It's, yeah. It's not like this. Disconnect. Disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. If you were to think of like some place in Dublin where you you like to hang out, where whether that could be like a a, a particular pub or cafe or restaurant, or it could be a, a bench or it could be an, anything, a, okay. any part of Dublin, where do you like to spend time? Mm, it's very hard word, very hard question because I have I think I have my needs. Okay, but. Probably, um, well, I am gay, so I really like to go to the gay bars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really like to go to the Street 66, but usually it's more because I have my friends than usually we met there and we have a nice time together. Where is that? Uh, on Par Parliament Street. Parliament Street, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, so between, it's almost uh, near to the um, Dublin Castle that will yeah. finish the... Yeah, I know it. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Yeah, 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 I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that place, be, I think it's only relative, well, relatively new. I think it opened just before COVID or during COVID or something like that. Or that's when I started to notice it anyway, that it was really busy outside. Mm -hmm. um, 
Okay, cool. No, I like this this place. This um, I really like Lagunitas, so they have Lagunitas. Okay, <laughs> that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am Guinness drinking as well. Oh, very good. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I love it. <laughs> I love it too, man. You know what? I've discovered it just destroys my stomach. Uh, oh. Like, I mean, okay, it's obviously the quantity that is the problem, not necessarily the the actual drink, but. <laughs> Uh, I think I've, particularly in the last year, beer in general is like, wow, my stomach just can't handle it. Whereas if I drink wine, I seem to be okay, or if I drink whiskey, it's it's fine. Because um, I'm not talking about being hungover, because being hungover is normal, but this is like an extra, like actual yeah. pain, physical pain in your stomach. Mm. And because I could drink Guinness for breakfast, if yeah. if that was a possible thing to do in life, I would. But. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I just I think I have to like limit the amount of it that I I drink yeah. these days. But I agree, it's by far the best beer. Mm. Yeah, I went to Spain in September. Yeah, and I found a bar they have a Guinness. Yeah, so I was with a friend. She's from Chile, but she's living in Madrid now, and she came to visit me in March, last March. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Look, have a Guinness. Do you want to try a Guinness here?" Yeah. So okay, no, I don't know. Yeah. So no, try, yeah. try, and let me know. Is so I tried the Guinness up there and no was the thing. It's crazy. That means you're, you are now officially a real Dubliner. Because uh, that is the thing, because it, it's not the same. It's, it's totally different. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not going to say it's disgusting, but it's, it's just not as nice. No. There's something about a Guinness in Dublin. It just doesn't travel well. It's as simple as that, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, that is a sure sign that you, uh, you've become a real Dubliner now yeah. at this point. And actually now I, when I go out, I can recognize when it's beginning is good or not. Yeah. I tried one time one bar near to Abbey Street. I said, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went to other one that is uh, close to my house that is kind of a very famous bar. Okay. Uh, can't remember the name. Is it Mulligan's? Mulligan's. Yeah. And there is really good. Yeah, it's one of the best yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, people skip over that one and they're like, oh, they name other bars in terms of, there's one just around the corner called Bose, which is really like a real old man bar. Uh-huh. Do you know Doyle's Pub? Yeah, Doyle's Pub. Just around the corner from that, there's mm-hmm. another one called Bose. Bose. And in there they have a great, and a lot of people name yeah. that as one of the best, and it obviously is very, very good. But just around the corner from there, Mulligan's, I don't know, I love to, I love to get in Mulligan's. Yeah, these two places, I like it as well. The one is Chaplin, I think. It's- Chaplin's, yeah, 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 exactly. Arnie, thank you so much for your time. It's been really yeah, interesting. Okay. I feel like I haven't spoken to you. Lots of stuff more about, about your culture that I would love to learn more. I think maybe it's up to me to maybe watch a documentary or read a book or something on it because, I don't know, I'm fascinated by those types of um, cultures within countries that I don't know anything about. Yeah. I just find it really interesting. Um, yeah, and I, listen, I'm so happy that you're having a good experience here in Dublin. I'm sure it hasn't been all amazing. That's just not the way life is. But... Um, it's great that you're having a good time and hopefully that continues to go that way. And yeah. thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. No, thank you to, as well to invite me. And I don't know, I really enjoyed it then too as well. Yeah. And yeah, I hope we can stay longer, but I can understand that we have to yeah. jump yeah. into the mix. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Great, that's it. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. 
But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland. And you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.